Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. <sighs> hey, listener, it's Zach Harper, Amin Hassan, and Anthony Mays of Cinephobe. You may be asking yourself, what is Cinephobe? Amin, would you like to fill in the people? Cinephobe is the podcast where Zach and I watch movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and try to ascertain. Oh, we're trying to well. ascertain? Yes. Okay. Same. Ascertain. Whether or not they're accurately poorly rated, or maybe they didn't get a fair shake. Cinephobe, produced by this guy, Anthony Mays. Hey, that's me. I produced this show. I also watch the movies, even though that wasn't included in the description, and I also ascertain. <laughs> this month is... Wow! Oh, Maze, why do you say that? Supercharge it <laughs> so that this promo can remain evergreen. I feel like explaining a little bit more. In 60 seconds? I don't know. Maybe I don't bring attention to it. Assuring people like, look, if you listen, you're going to get it. Just give it, give it time. That's a good promo. Just listen to it. Give it time. You'll figure it out. Is this the promo right now? Isn't it? Okay, I think we got it. Cinefo. Wherever you get podcasts. <laughs> Coming to you live from the Ray Horseman studio in North Hollywood, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. On today's show, meet a real-life private investigator, a P.I., a gumshoe, the guy who says it was a blonde, a blonde to make a bishop kick a hole in a stained glass window. At least he says that if Raymond Chandler wrote him, which he didn't. Bruce Robertson, president of TriStar Investigation, will tell us how much his life resembles Magnum P.I. And on Career Corner, could Paula become a corporate flight attendant? Kimberlyn Allen, founder and president of Jet Set Aviation Professionals, tells us if Paula has what it takes to serve drinks and red M&Ms to rock bands 30,000 feet in the air. I'm Adam Felber, always trying to avoid on-air turbulence, and now, please welcome the woman whose steering device is never set to autopilot, Paula Poundstone. Hey! Thank you so much. So lovely to be here at the Ray Horseman Studios. Welcome, Paula, and also welcome to tonight's house band, our first returning champion, accordion player Alexi Chebluk. Oh, he's so great. Yeah. You know, we, we actually hired him again because we feel bad for him because his sister, Alexa, gets so much work. And, oh, uh, you mean you mean Amazon? His twin sister, yeah, Alexa. That, that thing, Alexa? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think... Is, are you related to that, Alexa? No, no he's not. It's his... It's his twin oh, sister. He no, just, it's not his. He they just, were separated. Yeah. He doesn't know. People are generally not related by their first name resemblances anyway. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, how about my Uncle Tim and Tom? Okay, point taken. <laughs> hey, uh, you've got, you had something you wanted to say, so let's just get right to it. It's about the Academy Awards. Oh, thanks. Oh, yeah. The Okay, I have always wanted to host... The Academy Awards. The Oscars. And uh, the Oscars. Hollywood's biggest you night. You could call it that. Yeah, Hollywood's yeah. biggest night. And uh, 
I thought Tuesdays were Hollywood's biggest night. No, no, no. Are when we record, me? nobody listens to Paul Poundstone. That's North Hollywood. North biggest Hollywood. Night. <laughs> So I've always wanted to host the Oscars, and not only have they not hired me, but they opted to have no one. That is a bit of a slap oh, in the I face, see. right? They're having no host. So they, 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 they actually, it kind of bites on the whole nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. No one is better than Paula Poundstone. Yeah, exactly. They no said, one is in yeah, fact better. They had a big meeting, yeah. and someone someone said, listen, okay, there's nobody. We got nobody that can host uh, the Oscars. And someone said, well, what about Paula Poundstone? And they said, nope. Nope. We're just going to have nobody. So how are they going to do it? Is it going to be like tag team? Are they going to have a talking stick? Are they just... (laughs) Are they going to select like in Bye Bye Birdie? Are they going to... Or like in... uh, Oh, like in Rocky, are they just going to select a Randomly random choose, audience member? Choose an audience member from the audience member registry. I yeah. think that's what they do. Don't they have like the big book of boxers in Rocky? We just watched. Yeah, them. they yeah. did. They had a big book of boxers, or they can have like a Mad Libs thing where you just, you know, everyone follows along and fills in whatever. Yeah, they could be, but actor probably not. Or actress yeah, they see, want. Everybody's making a big deal about this. Nobody's hosting the Oscars thing, and I think it is dumb not to have a host, and it's insulting to you, definitely. It's very insulting. To me, however, I'll tell you it. Yes. Uh, it's even more insulting, and I've been nursing this wound for quite a while. Um, Dancing with the Stars has never had me, right? Uh, yeah, and they had Tom Delay, they had Nancy Grace. I mean, they they went below the bottom of the barrel for and what? still for... never found me. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You dance. I do dance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but apparently, right. Tom, not... you don't outrank Tom Delay, who nobody had heard of until. He, well, Nobody he outside a, the belt. He was a congressman. He was a corrupt congressman. Hot Tub Tom. Yeah. Was yeah. he called Hot Tub Tom? In his local district, he was known as Hot Tub Tom. Oh, I didn't realize that. So do you I think, think it was if I had he like, was a hot tub salesman, though. Oh, do you think if I had like a moniker? Like like Lipstick Nancy? Yeah, exactly. Well, you do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Lipstick Nancy. Yeah, no, I, think, I think it's just insulting. And yeah. But you know, people are making a big deal about nobody hosting the Oscars. And if you think about it, the host of the Oscars often disappears for half hours at a time. They just comes back from commercial and says, and now to present this, please welcome that. And yeah, never, there's, no, right. there's no host yeah. saying that. That's why I think I could do it. <laughs> well, why don't we just say you're hosting the Oscars this year, and when nobody sees you, you'll just yeah, say that right. was me. Yeah, boy, yeah. I was good. Yeah. Uh, I thought You, I thought you, you Jimmy let them play Kimmel... the game, as they say about referees. You just let them play. You yeah. let them do those Oscars. Yeah, yeah. just run back and forth on the field. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought I thought Jimmy Kimmel did a great job. I don't know why they don't have him back. I think he just wouldn't do it. Possibly. Yeah. I thought he did a great job. But didn't he insult some people? No, I don't think so. No? Uh, apparently, no. He was having a problem with Meryl Streep staring at him. Really? Yeah, that's what I heard. Did it unnerve him? Yeah, she was just like, she would just stare at him. Yeah. That wouldn't unnerve you. You'd be okay with that. No. Because you've got ice no. water in the veins. Well, I also take Taekwondo and self-defense. So you wouldn't, wouldn't be scared if, of Meryl if, as Jimmy Meryl was. Street, if Meryl Streep were to come at me, yeah, you'd um, be ready. I can do a round kick. Right. But, uh, but uh, you know... Uh, but I guess uh, our Oscar host is missing in action. Yeah. Well, apparently, one they did try to get Thomas Coyne. Yes, they did. <laughs> now he did not even show up uh, for his uh, Oscar rehearsal. Now we do owe our our listeners an update. They've been asking about it on on Twitter and whatnot. For those of you who are new to the show, Thomas Coyne on one of our very first episodes is a survivalist, and he was going to show up to tell us all about how to survive a bear attack. And apparently he didn't survive Miranda Street here in North Hollywood. He never made it. He never made it. We think he's dead. 
We we're don't not, know he's yeah, dead. We have we no verification on that. Yeah. yeah, no, we don't wish him ill. No, but he um, ghosted but we, on us. He never but returned But we our wish calls. he had showed up right. when he said that he would. He was a survivalist right. who didn't make it to the show. Right. And uh, a lot of bears out here on Miranda. There are. There are a lot um, of bears. <laughs> um, now, we, um, we've launched a search. Now, Paula believes that it's a really good search. I think it's- It's a dragnet. It's, a, it's an exhaustive it's a dragnet. Stupid, stupid. If you search. see something, say something. Right. It is not a stupid what search. What we're doing is uh, online and in uh, uh, on a map that we have on our website and stuff. Um, we are compiling a list of places where Thomas Coyne isn't. Right. Exactly. Now we're going to have a private detective on the show later, and I think he might back me up that this is just a just an idiotic way to no. <laughs> to do a manhunt. If anybody knows about this kind of a nationwide sweep, really a worldwide sweep, it would be right. And a I, private well, as detective. I keep pointing out to you, when you point out he's not in the cereal aisle of the Price Chopper in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. A, yeah. that's way too specific, and B, he could be in that cereal aisle five minutes later. What do you mean it's way too specific? You find someone in a specific place. All right. What do you find? What do you say? So when you're looking for something and you find it and somebody says, where do you find it? You go, in the northern hemisphere? Well, look, you, Paula, you've met— you've, you've, No, you've, you, that's ridiculous. Of you, course you find something in a specific place. You've managed to rope our place. listeners into this. Uh, this We've had too. a lot of help from our listeners, <laughs> and we want to thank like, them. We want to thank Kim Jenkins, who reports that Thomas Coyne is not in the courtroom, court clerk's office, or ladies' room at the Pushmataha County Courthouse in Antlers, Oklahoma. He could be in the men's room. She says she didn't. She actually thought of that. She said she didn't check the men's room. Oh, okay. So if anybody... So we've anybody, got an incomplete search. If anybody within the sound of our pod is uh, in the men's room at the court, court clerk's office in uh, Pushmata County Courthouse in Antlers, Oklahoma... I think it's Pushmataha. Push, oh, Push Madaha. Oh, no, I was thinking of the sister city. Yeah. Uh, then please look for Thomas Coyne in there. Frank from Pennsylvania said, I can confirm that Thomas Coyne isn't in any Amish buggies in Reebersburg, Pennsylvania. Or was not at the time that Frank from Pennsylvania looked. Yeah. I mean, that's the point I keep coming back to. Even if we cover the entire earth, we will then be obligated to cover it again. With this particular search method. Are you in a hurry? I, I, think, I think on behalf of Thomas Coyne's family, yes. Yeah, Although he yeah. doesn't strike me look as a family the, man. Look in the boat with the cover on it. That's, okay. a, that's a good place. Um, <laughs> he was not on a Delta Flight 47 from Amsterdam to New York on January 1st. Who, who gave that update? That update was from Sophia Betts of Brooklyn. Yeah. And uh, Thomas Beck tells us, quote, I can tell you with great certainty that Thomas Coyne is not at any of the beach bars in Dorado, Puerto Rico. Trust me, I left no mojito unturned. So the, the search is taking place around the world. In bars a Tom. lot, which doesn't oh, surprise bars. me. Like John Clara wrote from the <laughs> west of Ireland, Cleggan is a small fishing village of about 200 souls in County Galway. Yesterday, myself and a friend checked the place out looking for coin. We started at Newman's Bar, no dice. We crossed the street and looked in <laughs> Joyce's Bar, no cigar. There was nothing left but to check out Oliver's Bar, originally owned by John Coyne, by the way, but no Thomas to be found. This guy then it was so time to check dedicated. out the Pier Bar, located conveniently on Cleggan Pier, no Thomas, Slango Foil. What does Slango Foil, Foil, Foil mean? I, I don't I, speak, it's Irish. Is it Irish? Yeah. Huh. Don't yeah. know what it means. This guy probably wasn't even Irish when he started out. Yeah, but he was uh, by the end of that pub crawl. Yeah, wow. We we turned somebody into a, a binge drinker. No, well, I uh, don't think we turned him into it. I think no, he was. I think searching. being a binge drinker makes him more likely to believe that your idea is a good one. That is not. 
I'm sorry. It's just, <laughs> logically, this just... just... We're going to find him very soon. I'm sure we um, should, should we move on? Because there's another bit of audience uh, interaction that we need to get to. Yes, yes. Okay, so... Oh, oh, do we have new... Uh, Theme songs. We have new theme song submissions, oh. a whole slew of them. And for those of you who are late to the party on this one, we have been uh, holding a theme song contest because this this podcast, you know, we can't have um, Alexi here every night. Yeah. We're going to need a theme song. Yeah. And you guys have been submitting. We haven't actually um, established the rules to this contest yet. or I think we're going to let the rules form themselves. We're going to let the rules form themselves because that's usually the best way to do yeah. stuff. They are going to involve a wall. Right. We need five. Or a barrier. We need five point. Six billion dollars for right. a wall for, for one of our song. rules for the theme song. Right. <laughs> and um and we've had some great, great submissions so far. Uh, mm-hmm. Paula has let it be known that um uh mentioning the fact that she's a genius is more likely to uh get, get you That's one of the rules. Succeed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's well that's just a that's just a that's a good thing to lead it's with. It's a guideline. Yeah, and exactly. A guideline from one of the, who I'm guessing is going to be a judge of this contest is a good thing. All right, so let's hear it. We've got um, Francisco Flores from Denver sent us a bouncy ragtime tune. Nobody listens to Paula Bounstow. What if we did? We wouldn't have to go to the doctor. Our kids would grow strong, healthy, and wholesome. We'd have 10 cats in every household. No, we don't listen to Paula Poundstone, the stablest genius in this country. Instead, we have doubled down on our ignorant ways. No, nobody. <laughs> no, nobody. No, nobody. <laughs> Wow, Francisco, Francisco Flores of Denver. That's Francisco, a, thank you so much. It would be impossible not to love that theme song. That is a beautiful theme song. I, I believe I believe Genius was in there. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it was a Charleston, wasn't it? I mean, it's a nice ragtime bounce, but I, I believe that you you would dance to Charleston to that. I I I would. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I married a dancer choreographer, so I, I'm yeah. sensitive to yeah. like Charleston. Char- that's they a char- I do the yeah. I do the Charleston very slowly. Yes. Mine looks like Tai Chi. It's at the pace of a Charleston <laughs> chew. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm very slow. Okay, um, so Benjamin Bruning, he uh, showed us a great American songbook style with brilliant rhyming. Oh boy. Dear Paula's plea. Oh, won't someone please listen to me? Not even Adam Felber, whom you'd think could hear real Welber. He disregards her counsel, though he's right there at her elber. It's repeatedly shown. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Boy, oh, that is fantastic. nice. Now, is it really rhyming when you just add syllables to a word? Or change the word to make it rhyme? Yeah, Adam Felber is at her elber. I'm at your elber all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's got its own peculiar genius, I think. Yeah, no, yeah, there was yeah. genius in that Absolutely. song. Thank you, Benjamin. Th- Benjamin Bruning, that was fantastic. And finally, um, Sydney Stevens tapped into sort of a 60s surfer vibe. This, by the way, is Cat's uh, brother. Cat Stevens' brother? Yeah. Are you sure about that? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sydney Stevens. Are you sure it's not Sydney Sheldon's brother? No, oh, because the because first, first names. Name thing. Yeah, yeah. No. The, okay. No, Sydney Stevens uh, is Cat Stevens. Take brother. it, Sydney. Hey, Paula. You know. Every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of a midsummer night's dream okay and i played i played peter quince there there's the connection one of the mechanicals that's a great connection also yes has nothing to do with this which is that um quince is an online clothing store and as you know paula i've uh, i've lost a little weight lately oh right 75 pounds yeah so i literally have no clothes that are in my size until i just ordered some stuff at quince and i figured like here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself a whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i, I think my eyes closed they're so it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're European. Keep that in mind. They're oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. You can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. When sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway. Use our code. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh my Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep 
so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally, and everybody just piles on it, and it it's comfy, and yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions. Plus, enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. The spread of misinformation has fueled our cultural divide and increased our collective anxiety about the future. Tackling misinformation isn't a simple task, but it's important. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that's dismantling New Age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy-mad yogis. On the show, a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic walk into a bar, and the bartender says, no, 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 it's not that old joke. They dive deep into current events such as RFK Jr.'s involvement in mainstreaming dangerous anti-vax rhetoric. Urgh. They crowdsource, research, analyze, and dream up answers to the problem with, get this, 
proven science as their ultimate guiding light. I highly recommend you check out Conspirituality's fascinating episodes on creating comedy in the MAGAverse with Jordan Klepper or RFK Jr. flirting with body fascism. And you've listened to a bunch of them at this point, Paul, I know, and you tell me you love it. I, I do. They're, they're fascinating. And my favorite part is they use, wait for it, proven Science, Science. and, and if, if there's any kids listening, that's a class we used to take. Proven yep. science as their ultimate guiding light. I love that. From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed about misinformation and help you resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Even though she's usually right Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone She's got genius advice She could probably help you out If you would just give her a try <laughs> She's got a cool podcast They speak of many things Now everyone can listen at last It's <laughs> not at all like Cat Stevens. Yeah, he said something about a train. Get on the train. Did you hear that? I, I did hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They both came up with the train idea at about the same time. When uh, they maybe were the Stevens family would, ta- would take uh, train trips as kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's and probably so what happened. they both went in their different directions it musically. Like, I didn't listen closely enough. It seemed like that last verse he was complaining that we're not listening to him. Is that what was going on? Is this his second submission, Tony Anita Hall? Has he. Submitted before, and then he just tacked on a verse to say, okay. No. Well, we no, heard we you would, loud and clear, Sydney. We would remember Sydney Stevens. Yeah, we uh, would. Cat right, Stevens' you're such a uh, Cat younger Stevens brother. Um, she's I not. am. Yeah. Uh, well, that was great. Thank you, Sydney Stevens. That was just, that was just fantastic. And, you know, give your brother a little nudge. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a good idea to have. <laughs> I can't wait to move forward. Moon shadow, moon shadow. It might be nice to have Cat Stevens uh, submit. Is it, well, his name is not Cat Stevens anymore, right? Isn't it uh, Yusuf Islam? Is it? I no, I think he walked it back. Oh, did he walk it back to Cat Stevens? That's a yeah. long walk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, if you're out there, Cat or Yusuf, um, because so many people were upset with him for the conversion, um, he's come back as Dog Stevens. Dog Stevens. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Find a hit a new audience. Yeah. Yeah. I no, was never I think, upset I think people with weren't him mad about, about him converting. People were mad that he, for a while, decided he that his new faith um, prevented him from singing, and he did not perform for many a year. Yeah. He just stopped. Yeah. And then he started again. Yeah. I. You know what? I was always open to whatever he wanted. Really? Yeah. Love him. Yeah, I like what's not what's not to love, uh, and I would love him even more if he submitted a theme song to "Nobody Listens to Paul Poundstone." So, so uh, if you're so out there and you Sid- want to be Sydney. loved, yeah, and and to everybody else who submitted, we're going to try to get to all of your submissions. 
some of your efforts, um, I have to say, I, I know we've gone over these, uh, but there have been some from some very notable musicians that were good, but not, you know, great, like Jay-Z. Um, well, you know what? The one he did with Beyonce, though, was very good. Well, we might play that at some point. So yeah, was, we didn't it, play it because of the language. The language was, was a problem. Some of the language. But um, we thank you for submitting, for sure. Yeah. yeah um, and great. the Stones. Oh, my gosh, yeah. the Stones one was so yeah. good. It was good, but it felt like you were sort of just reworking brown sugar. Oh, see, I thought it was Beast of Burden. Oh, wow. Yeah. Those are very different songs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so uh, if you stop repeating yourself, maybe you have a chance in this contest. Yeah, But, yeah. but thank you guys a lot. Uh, fortunately, the Beatles banked one. Yes. Because a lot of them aren't alive anymore, and so yeah, they, fortunately, they had already made a song while they were all still alive. Which was prescient of them, to say the least, because yeah, this podcast exactly. dates all the way back to 2018. Yeah. Yeah. But they they knew this was coming. They managed to mention your genius as well. Um, so, Paula, I want to uh, move along to a t- to a guest that I've been looking. I alluded to earlier, who might help us uh, sort out this Thomas Coyne. Oh, affair, help us find Thomas Coyne. Now, but uh, now. We should spell out that you've been, we said, as we said last week on the show, you've been having some problems with your new neighbors who haven't even moved in yet, right? My neighbors haven't moved in. They're, they are building, uh, they still, like two years ago, they said they were, they were remodeling the house that they bought next door to me. They, right. You know, my old neighbors sold it. These new neighbors are going to remodel it. They were, uh, but instead they've done that trick where they just leave up like one tiny wall right and I build don't, a new house around it right exactly and they're building like trump tower so you don't trust these people i don't at trust all, these despite people the fact at all. That they've given you cookies twice now yeah and you know what i'm i'm I, I don't even know what those cookies were laced with i uh um, um yeah no i don't trust them i there's something about it that i just it's not right so you, their their house is like encroaching daily closer and closer to my house and, and so when uh, they move i in, would like to know if there's any way that i can uh you know Investigate. Find out some dirt on these people. Right. Okay. Well, if you're talking investigation, we have the man for you. Bruce Robertson is the president and founder of TriStar Investigation, a private detective agency here in Los Angeles. Uh, TriStar has a 28-year track record of delivering quality investigative results. Please welcome Bruce Robertson. Hey, Bruce. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Uh, thanks so much for coming. <laughs> Thank you, house band Alexi Chemluck. That's for nice. Speak softly, love from the Godfather. <laughs> Very appropriate. Uh, yeah, that was appropriate. Um, uh, boy, Bruce, there's so many questions that I have for you. Uh, I think maybe the the one that most people want to know is uh, how like, say, Magnum PI, is your job? Zero. <laughs> well, you are you, wow. you are wearing a Hawaiian shirt. So yeah, you're wearing okay. a Hawaiian in, in shirt and, a, and right. a sports coat over it. And yeah. uh, I, when I was growing up, I loved Mannix. Did you ever see that? Oh, yeah. Is that why you became well, a... my favorite was Rockford. Rockford was just cool, cool. Oh, uh, you see, the, I never saw... The Rockford Files. Rockford Files. Oh, Rockford Files. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. My, my, my and sister... Columbo. I love oh, Columbo. Yeah. We've, uh, we've touched on Columbo. But he One works for thing. the police. He's not a private investigator. You know, private investigators are the ones that there are sometimes they used to be cops, and now they run afoul of the law every so often because of their devotion to their, their cases. Uh, is any of that ringing a bell for you? I was never a cop. Oh, 
Yeah. So So they would have just looked askance at you if you'd turned in a badge yeah, and a gun. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just you could just say because it's what people do. Yeah. Um, so You're a loose cannon, Robertson. <laughs> but you don't in fact work here, so do whatever you want. <laughs> what kind of things what kind of things are clients wanting from you? What what like what are they trying to find a person? Um do they already know where the person is, but they want to know what they're doing? Well, it, you know, there's a broad range of things because we work for a lot of different market sectors, but we work a lot for attorneys. They want us to find out how much money somebody has. Us. They want us to find out about, about their background, what their mm-hmm. weaknesses are. Or uh, they want us to do difficult service of process, somebody who's avoiding Oh, you're serve serving, paper. serving papers. Ser- yeah, well, and the difficult Do you wear disguises cases. when you do that? Uh, kind of. Like yeah, you're you the know, guy behind the counter look, at the movie theater uh, serving popcorn, and but well, you're like, oops, look what fell in your popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> See you in court. So, so when you say serving papers, you mean like in court, like to a show summons? up in court, or uh-huh. you know, one thing that uh, doctors are you know notoriously hard to serve because they're behind, you know, they're in the hospital or they're in their office, and you, uh, you know, you have to serve them personally. And I see. The so do you ever like fake, like you've been injured? And like, right? So they go. We have to operate on him, and then just as the guy goes to That's hit you done. with the scalpel. That's been done. You know, I didn't do it myself. One of my to... agents did it. But That's really, a good one. that's a really good. Yeah. One. yeah. But you know, we had another doctor we were trying to serve. We nobody could get him, and uh, this was back in the eighties. And I happened to share tickets to the Lakers at season tickets. So all right, uh, we so we know that promotion. this is a well-paid job that you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> we sent him a promotion uh, that included a uh, free tickets to a. Laker game. You did not. We sure did. Were the seats near you? Uh, it was right next to me. <laughs> was oh, and so the person sat down to watch the Laker game and you handed him a, a summons for court? 100%. And he stayed and watched the game. So let me ask That's you this. Fantastic. If it was... Um, if if you were trying to serve a doctor and he happened to be a proctologist, could you roll the papers up really tight? <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Uh, you know, I could probably get one of my agents to do that. Yeah, you're not willing to do it yourself. I'm personally going to do that. Yeah, yeah. Pick the well, agent I, who would enjoy it. Yeah, and have him do it. yeah. Well, I go. just know it from uh, what's the movie with Dustin Hoffman and Rain the, Man? No, in the prison, Papillon. Okay. Papillon. We got all the way to a movie that neither I nor our guest has seen. You guys haven't seen Papillon? No. Well, no. I can't help either one of you. So Dustin Hoffman, Hoffman serves a summons with his butt? <laughs> no. <laughs> Is that what happens No, in that where movie? did you get that idea? No, <laughs> where did they're, I get um, that idea? <laughs> no, they're in prison in French Guiana, and they, um, where they keep their, you know, uh, what would you say? Like uh, Valuable. valuables uh-huh. uh, is um, oh yeah that's yeah that's how I learned about that. Okay, um, it's not the right. sort of thing you learn in school unless you're a private detective. Apparently not though. We just Do you go to school to be a private detective. There are schools, but they really don't help that much. You know, it really is an on-the-job learning situation. And you have to have uh, 6,000 hours of experience just to apply for your license. That's Well, how wow. do you get 6,000 hours of experience? So you, experience work, you if- work for another private investigator. You work for a law firm. You work for an insurance company. These so you're little, doing the job. You're doing the job. But you but don't have the un- license. You're under their license, and then you can eventually apply for your license. Oh, I you see. That those, makes sense. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Do you tail people? You tail, yes, we tail yeah. people all the now, time. That's is it called, hard to tail people like, it's and not be noticed? really hard to tail people because when you're tailing somebody, there's two things that are in distinct 
opposition. One is staying close enough to mm-hmm. not lose them. Right. The other is staying far away enough to not be noticed. Yeah. And I, you're constantly having to weigh those two factors against each other. And yeah. it's 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 uh, intense. How are you ever you lose them? are you ever driving and you think the guy sees you and so you just duck your head down? That's not really advisable. <laughs> yeah, for, for one, I would imagine that they don't know what you look like. Yeah. Well, yeah, but if yeah. he keeps seeing you. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I would yeah. say it's more suspicious to look behind you in your rearview mirror and see nobody driving. <laughs> I was just asking if he'd ever done it. I would, and if he said, yes, I had done that, I would have said, well, I don't think that's a good idea. Oh, I see. Uh, <laughs> see, I was setting up a trap for him. Do you oh, see I what see. I was doing? And he was, didn't walk into it. No, I was laying a trap. Well, let, let me ask you something. Um, you were here during our lengthy introduction to this show. Right. What do you think of our search for Thomas Coyne? Is that the way you would search for a missing individual? You know, I have to be honest. I don't know who Thomas Coyne is. He's a survivalist. Okay. And he didn't show up on our show. Oh, okay. And so we're looking for him. We've been looking for him ever since. the way we're looking for him is by having listeners write in and tell us places on this planet where he is not. (laughs) Now, (laughs) I would submit that that's not a particularly efficient way of finding a person. How do you feel? Is that how you've ever looked for a person? No, because it's almost impossible to prove a negative. Yes. Yeah, but you've gone, <laughs> you've gone to look for a person in a place and they haven't been there, right? Yes, that's okay. true. Well, there. You and you got that paid your, for it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, but that's not how you look for a person, right? You don't well, check off a list of places that that person is not. It, if you have a list of places where they might be, you would. We do not have such a list. Oh, okay. No. Except maybe inside a bear. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and as of yet, nobody, none of our listeners have looked inside a bear. And there's a lot of bears out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, not on this street, but now, Bruce, let me ask you, you know, uh, the listener can't realize this, but I'm just going to tell you, Bruce has a, like a little cut on his nose. And I'm wondering, oh, was that from like a fist fight? Oh, yeah. Uh, Did some perp pop you? Did you ever see Chinatown? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. (laughs) That's not how I cut my nose. Kitty cat. You know, I bought some batteries at Costco, and I was putting them up on a shelf, and they fell in my face. You were were putting batteries up on a shelf? Like a human being might do after buying batteries. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that exciting? Wait, you were putting them on the shelf? Yeah. And all of a sudden, they just attacked they you? slid down and right... How I, many batteries was it? Well, you know, they, at Costco, it's like uh, 200 batteries. Are you and, 200 <laughs> batteries fall on your nose? Do you see how disappointed Paula is at this moment, Bruce? Like she was no. absolutely expecting you to have some sort of no, like... Uh, I'm sure. Tussle. Now, do you come into... Uh, do you have like physical, like, you know... Like, like in Rockford Files or something? Is there ever like a fight or Does something? Does the business get rough sometimes? Not not usually. I mean, sometimes you're in situations where you're worried about your safety. And back in the 80s, I used to carry a gun. And, you know. Oh, you what'd you carry yeah. it for? What's that? What'd you carry it for? To Because we had to go in. case a bunch of batteries came towards you? (laughs) (laughs) That would have been a case of assault and battery. Oh, yes. Sorry about that. Yes, it would be. Yes, it would Um, be, Bruce. All right, so what what kinds of situations 
Do because is it a lot of like people that are getting divorced and they want to know like what the spouse is doing? Uh, that you know we do that. It's not a majority of what we do. Oh Cali- really? I would think there'd be a lot of those. Well, California is a no-fault divorce state, so oh. it doesn't make any difference in the settlement. Oh, I see. Now it used to, and that's when they were busting in motel rooms or flash cameras back oh, in the sixties. Yeah. Right. There are still about a dozen states in the United States where it does make a difference. Texas is one of them. Mm-hmm. Florida is one of them. We get people in those states whose spouses are coming to California and ask the, them to watch them while they're here. This is a, you know, of course, that popular sounds like the most fun part tourist of the job. Des- I mean, like, destination. Yeah, going to going to like vacation resorts and catching somebody cheating on their spouse. That Do you sad. have a secret camera or something for that sort of thing? Oh yeah, we have plenty of secret cameras that yeah. can be built into eyeglasses. Are you photographing buttons. me right now, Bruce? Because I see that you do have glasses I really, on. I really can't tell you, Paula. <laughs> <laughs> talk, talk about some of the gadgets that you use, because I, I love that. Talk about some of the... Wow, Tony, Tony Anita Hall just dropped something across the room. Yeah, which speaking is, of gadgets... Which, which, Wow, that is usually Bonnie Burns' role <laughs> to, uh, yeah, well, they've to been interrupt working our together podcast for a while with now. extraneous noises. So, uh, Bonnie, now you've got some catching up to do. Yeah. All right. Um, Bonnie's so, so, yeah, been a about mentor. Some of the fun to gadgets. Tony. Well, I mean, this is not incredibly uh, sexy or, or a shock to anybody, but GPS can be extremely helpful in doing sure. surveillance. Right. Now, California has certain laws where you have to be the owner of a car if it's going to be tracked. So, in, what do you, wait, back that up. What does that mean? Well, uh, you can't. I, I can't just go put a GPS device on your car if I don't have your permission or if I'm not well, the owner of the car. Well, why would I give you permission to put a GPS you on my car? You probably wouldn't. I think that no. is the point that's that Bruce absurd. is making. No, but listen, you know, but when then, we do then the cheating. why che- have the law? I mean, that's when, just crazy. When we do the cheating spouse cases, quite often the person that hires us, their name oh, is on the title. They own the and car. The spouse oh. is driving the car. I so you see what you're saying. We plan a bug on the car. We plan a bug a on the car. A GPS bug. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe exactly. it's just people who don't trust themselves. Right. They say you put this GPS on my car. Yeah. Tell yeah. me where I go. Tell me where I've been. Yeah. yeah. A detective came and knocked on the door, and I said, "Is it Renee?" And he just gave me that solemn look. It was the worst day ever. The Proof Podcast is back with a new case and a new season. Twenty-three years ago, eighteen-year-old Renee Ramos went missing. Her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town. I don't think that they arrested the right people. It's about time somebody's trying to do something. She had a black eye about two weeks before she was murdered. They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me damn near my whole life. You can listen now to season two of Proof, wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee? Yeah. Now, El Chapo apparently um, put something on his uh, mistress's phone so that he could uh, keep an eye on her. Okay. Do, are you familiar with... Have yeah. you done any work for El Chapo? Uh, no, I <laughs> okay. have not. I can I can categorically say that I have not. You've done never worked work. for El Chapo. I was, I was just <laughs> hoping to get you comfortable and have you reveal yes. that you were El Chapo's IT guy. Um, what kind of a case would you have gone disguised in? Disguised. Have you been disguised? 
Well, you dress you dress the part in any type of uh, undercover operation that you're doing, so you have mm-hmm. to blend in. Mm-hmm. Disguises, uh, you know, uh, they're that's kind of romanticized. You don't oh. really need to do disguises. So you, the you've most... never been like a cocktail waitress. I never have. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then pull off the mask and there's your beard. It's like, <laughs> haven't done that. Okay. Yeah. Now, if you are in an undercover situation, you want to make sure that you don't get what we say burned or people are suspicious. Uh-huh. Uh, one thing you never do is make eye contact with someone. They, someone will, has a very low chance of remembering you if you don't make eye contact oh. with them. So, oh, wow. so you know, that's, uh, that's one little tip out there for are you... Uh, Amateur private eyes out there, yeah. you know. Or criminals. So, or criminals. <laughs> a tip for the criminals. Criminals yeah. don't make eye contact. <laughs> so you're, right? you're the guy in the last row of the theater with his back to the stage. <laughs> How's that? He's in the last row of the theater with his back to the stage. So he's not making eye contact. Right, exactly. Oh, yes, good, good thinking. Yeah. How do you see who you're looking for? If you, you, you just have to, like, if they look at you, then you look away? Yeah. Yeah. That's, well, that's, that's a little thing. suspicious, isn't it? Well, you know, you have to weigh the benefits and the costs. Yeah, you got to so. time it right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You don't. You can't make it obvious. Now, do you do stakeouts? We do stakeouts. I don't do them myself anymore. Not but anymore. Our, our agents are... Apparently, you have a lot of these guys that are working on their 6,000 hours. There you go. That are yeah. just... <laughs> going on stakeouts. Just right. Stakeout. They just do we whatever the hell you tell them. Rolling up summons uh, and putting them up there. I don't yeah. want yeah, to exactly. get paid that way. We yeah. have experience... You say, hey, hey, you, come here. Put those batteries on that top shelf for me. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere near those batteries again. <laughs> Burned before. Um, so how dull is a stakeout? Well, they say, you know, uh, uh, a field investigator's job is hours of boredom interspersed with moments of terror. Oh, wow. and, and what are the moments of terror Well, over? you're sitting Batteries! In a... <laughs> <laughs> I think we can let the batteries go. Get the I fuck out of here, batteries! Drop batteries on his nose. Is that a call? <laughs> Could happen to anybody. <laughs> I've never seen anyone ever uh, else that it happened to, but I guess no, it could no, have happened the, to anybody. No, but here's the thing. You have to have a particular personality to be a good stakeout person. You have to sit in a van, usually an SUV or crossover or something like that. You're there something for high up. five, yes, five, and something that you can get into the back of, so oh. you're not sitting in the front seat. Oh, you have and to sit in the back? Yeah, so and so you sort of, like so you're not just sitting in the front seat staring. Yeah, so right. it's so like to, uh, who's that guy sitting in front of my oh, house? Oh, I see. Uh, no, so you, you go into you the park, back. and then you recede into the back. You have curtains and blacked out windows, and oh. so you're in the back, and you've got your computer. You've got you know these are decked out surveillance vehicles. Oh, I, uh-huh. so you got you know. And you have your porta potty. Everybody asks about that, you know. So. Yeah, but okay. Well, all right. So, say you're doing a stakeout and you're looking for somebody, and uh, you've sat there for like seven hours, and right. finally you really need to pee, and so you use your porta potty, and the guy happens to walk out right then. How do you know that he didn't while you were using the facility? Uh, or while you were looking at your computer, how do you know that he didn't leave then? Well, you don't look away long enough to let that happen if you're good and the and the good so agents if you're get good, weeded if you're out from the bed. familiar with the mechanics of going to the bathroom too. You don't have to spend that much time looking, I wouldn't think. Right. So you're still looking out the window while you're peeing into your porta potty? That makes exactly. no sense. Yes, of course it makes sense. Why do you have to be looking the whole time? All right. Let me just say that if anybody 
um, that is a friend of yours who happens to be a private detective asked you to go into the back of their van, don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe there's not a little residue. Um, Because they're not paying attention? Right, exactly. Yeah. All right. So there's a porta potty. I think we can comfortably get off that subject. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about Paula's neighbors? If if Paula Pounceton were to hire you to get some dirt on her new neighbors who haven't moved in yet, but who right. are building this objectionable monstrosity next to her and giving out poison cookies, what would you um, what would you do? Well, you'd start with a background investigation mm-hmm. on them, find out what they've been up to in the past. Have they? How do you been, do that? Have they been sued before? So you go and look up court records, and hopefully they have. Uh, they don't have a super common name like John Jones, because that's kind of a nightmare. When oh you're yeah. Looking up court records and right. it makes your heart job harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you would see: Do they have? Uh, have they sued other people before? Have other people sued them? What are those cases about? Then you look at their criminal record. Then, mm-hmm. And, of course, you're looking at their driving record and, you know. You know those things online that say, oh, you want to find out about somebody, mm-hmm. you know, click here. Uh, right. Are those effective? Those have limited use. Uh, if you have somebody with a fairly unique name or you know have some data about a person, the problem with those is that they're completely unvetted. It's just a computer spitting out an algorithm of, about the person you think you want to know about. Oh, so the difference between what you get with that and what you get with a private investigator is that we actually go the extra step to see if it's the same person with that name that has that record. Right. Those online searches are notoriously inaccurate. Oh, so they're essentially enhanced Google searches. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, they ha- they they tap into pretty deep databases, and if you have somebody with a pretty unique name, or you have a date of birth, you can find out some information from those. I'm not right. saying they're totally useless, but, uh, but they're never going to replace you. No, nah, they're never going to replace us. No, and no. you know surveillance that's never gonna go away there's you know if you need to find out what somebody's up to there's really no other way to do it than to uh, put somebody out on the street and follow them see what they're up to fantastic do you ever find con artists we find con artists we get people you know calls from people that uh you know have been burned on craigslist or ebay or you know uh we had a case about a year and a half ago where you know it's common now for people who are renting or selling real estate for con artists to gain entry and bring in unbeknownst customers saying they're gonna give them the lease to the place they take a five or ten thousand dollar deposit, oh and they don't gosh. even own the property. And, oh wow! Oh, that's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I'm so impressed. That's a good you, one. Yeah, if you're <laughs> if you're thinking that. about buying an expensive car or leasing a, uh, an apartment or or a house, you have to be very careful if you're going on Craigslist or something like that. Especially if they say, "Oh, we're on vacation. We can't meet with you. Uh, you know, just show up and uh, somebody will be there." There's just any. It's if, just a very on selling the Brooklyn Bridge, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it yeah. is. And if you know, they... I bought that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paula. Yeah. Oh, I, I... Paula. <laughs> oh, Paula. When you were working for El Chapo, did you? <laughs> never working for El Chapo. El Chapo, the, the well-known battery kingpin. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Bruce Robinson, for walking us down the mean streets of a gumshoe with just your wits and a gun to steer you home. Paula, what advice can you give our listeners when they need the help of a private detective? 
Alexi, I learned so much about being a private detective. Uh, cover me. If I want to find out about my neighbors, unless they have a very common name, it sounds like I could do it myself. My neighbors are Wolf and Evelina Skiznik, so I'm in luck. <laughs> I gotta tell you, being a private detective is nothing like it's portrayed in Magnum P.I., not even like the remake. It's not an exciting job. You spend hours looking up people's background on the internet or parked in your van, hiding in the back with your porta potty that you know like the back of your hand so you can keep looking out the window while you pee without hitting the back of your hand. Bruce didn't say this, but I'll bet air fresheners for your van is a major business expense. You also use a lot of batteries, and that's the biggest danger. <laughs> Thank you, Bruce Robertson. Bruce Robertson is the president and founder of TriStar Investigation. Thanks so much for being on our show. Thank you, Bruce. The Cat of the Week is Zwicky from Phoenix, Arizona. Man. <laughs> Thank you, Alexi. Oh, I, I just do. love Alexi. I, I love now, uh, Paula, I just want a, a little bit of a housekeeping note. About two weeks ago on this very program, you yes. and I had a little uh, dispute about hot sauce. Do you remember this? Oh, yes. In that I think it's very pleasant. I remember how wrong you were, yes. Well, it turns out our crack production staff put a poll online uh -huh. about who's right about this. Yeah. Like, is hot sauce the work of the devil, or is it on the side of the angels, basically? Yeah. Uh, Adam versus Paula, cage yeah. match. But really, hot <laughs> sauce versus no hot sauce. And um, we got an unprecedented number of responses. Really? Yeah, we got people, like over 400 responses. People felt passionate about And their... voted for the hot And I think... And they were in support of hot sauce? Well, it, as it turned out... Hot sauce just nudged out no hot sauce by 51% to 49%, I think. So it was super close. Oh, wow. Although I yeah. suspect that people just like you and decided to vote against hot sauce, even though they like hot sauce. No, but you said hot sauce nudged out no hot sauce. Yes. Right. But I, I think it would have nudged out more than nudged. I think it would have been a landslide had Paula Poundstone not been endorsing bland oatmeal tasting food. Well, you know, A, I don't. And B... <laughs> Um, you are anti-flavor. Uh, I no, I'm not. That's not anti-flavor. It's anti-pain. I think. Um, I if it were on the side, if it were contained, if you could add it in at your own discretion. Well, that's the idea might, behind hot it sauce. Might, it might be okay with me, but I believe the story that I told was that it was all over everything, including it got on my in the hotel. I'm not in, in the hotel of spilling it, hot sauce. It got on my bed. It, I put my feet under the sheets yeah, and, and well, it burned my feet. <laughs> I, yeah. And, and yeah, no, and I, I just mean, feel like, no, you know it, what? Contain your hot sauce. That's my feeling. Yeah, I I, I think we're all in agreement you know, on that. Holster your hot sauce. Holster your hot sauce, absolutely. Don't brandish it. Yeah, like, exactly. So, you know, I'm proud of us for going through that private detective interview and never once saying private dick. Oh, I didn't think to say private oh, dick. Oh, I did. Bruce, could you come back? No, no, no. He can't come back. We made it. I'd like to say <laughs> I'd like to say private dick. Now, I know, Paula, um, that you sometimes get frustrated with your job as a comic. You know, I have the greatest job in the entire world, and I know that, and I love my job. What I don't like is self-promotion. I hate the part where I have to say, like, I'm forever having to tweet or do interviews where I say, like, on, you know, on February 22nd, I'm going to be, you know, in Albuquerque. You hate the, saying that. I, hate, I just feel stupid 
promoting myself. To the point where it makes you sometimes wonder whether you should be trying a different career. I have thought about which it. Which is why on this show, from time to time, we, we do a little segment called Career Corner. Career Corner. Now, I understand there is a profession that you've been thinking about that you wonder if you have the chops for. I wonder if I could be like a flight attendant. Like a commercial flight attendant? Yeah, but on a on a private, you know, on the really fancy planes. Like on a really fancy plane. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's All what right. I wonder. Well, Paula, to answer that question, welcome to Career Corner. <laughs> ah, it's good to be back in the corner. Yeah. Yes, it's time for Career Corner, where we learn about the wide world of jobs. Would you like to be a fireman? Yes. How about an astronaut? Yes. Maybe you'd like to make a living as a spot welder. No. What can you do with your life, and what can Paula do with hers? Career Corner has the answer. This week, we explore a career in the blue skies as... A corporate flight attendant. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thank you, Alexei Chevalok. All right. Here to help Paula discover if she could cut it flying through the air in a corporate jet is president and founder of Jet Set Aviation Professionals, Kimberlyn Allen. Let's have a big career corner welcome for Kimberlyn. <laughs> Kimberlyn. Oh, welcome, Kimberlyn. Hi. Thank now, you, you. You've been on hundreds of corporate jets. Are there any rules on what the passengers can't do? So wait, let's just say, so a corporate jet, meaning that they charter it? Or they own or it. Or they own it. Either oh. or. So it's basically so they, private jets. Corporate they, jets are private jets. All right, so they own the jet, but they need a flight attendant. They do. They uh -huh. do. If, Specific jets do, like the heavier jets, if you're flying on a Gulfstream or a BBJ or a Global Express, heavier jets are required to have a flight attendant. Oh, I okay. see. Okay. Uh -huh. For safety. For safety. Okay. Yes. For, the, uh, for safety, yeah, sure, the BBJ. For service, but for service and safety. Uh -huh. From the FAA perspective, it's for safety, yes. Yeah. The FAA but doesn't you, care what it is. So far, you're, you, haven't, um, uh, you haven't kept people safe so much as you've served them. Is that correct? <laughs> yes. Knock on wood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How far are these fancy uh, planes going? Globally. Uh, what I do is on demand. So it's on demand charter. So I could get a phone call that they're saying, hey, Kim, do you want to go to Russia tomorrow? Well, yes, we're going to Russia tomorrow. It's literally wow. Wow. wherever these people want to go at whatever time they want to go. Wow. All right. Can I ask you a question? I won't tell anybody. Has Michael Cohen or Donald Trump ever called you and asked to go to Russia? No. Okay. <laughs> have they ever called you and asked to go near Russia? <laughs> <laughs> and have you phoned Donald Trump? I wouldn't take his phone call. Oh, really? So, oh, there you go. That a girl. Um, <laughs> okay. Now, now you have you've given me a little cheat sheet here. There's a whole bunch of terminology that Paula would have to know if she's going to be a um, a, a flight attendant, right? Yes. What do I need to know? All right, Paula. How, how would you refer to air vents on a plane? Uh, air vents on a plane. Yeah. Uh, slatty things with air coming in. Nope. What are they called? Gaspers. 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 Oh, Gaspers. Yeah. Huh. What do you call the, 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 the pilot? What do you call him? Uh, the Butch. The guy in charge. Butch. Even if his name is Butch, the answer is no. What do you call the pilot in charge? P-I-C. The P-I-C. P-I-C. Pilot in charge. Pilot in charge. Yeah. You just can't say pilot? Nope. Captain. Yeah. Captain. Captain. Captain Crinkle. Yeah. Uh, Captain Crinkle, that would yeah. be Bonnie Burns, yeah. would be Captain Crinkle. All right, so yeah. you say PIC, you right. say, uh, what was the other one? Bathroom's not a bathroom. Bathroom's not a bathroom. It, what is it? Uh, 
I don't know. What is it? It's a lav. Oh, lav. Oh, yeah. They call it that on the commercial flights. They call it a lav. They sure do. Yeah. I just I don't pay any attention. What do you do? What do you call it? And then when I have to get up and use it, I say, can I use the bathroom? And they say, you didn't listen when we called it a laugh, did you? Do they really do that? And I said, no, I didn't. And I don't know what to do when the plane goes down either. (laughs) I'm just defiant on a plane. Yeah, yeah, you're ornery. I've I've taken flights with (laughs) you. Yeah, I just, I don't listen. (laughs) You don't listen a lot. You talk a lot. <laughs> yeah, I. You know what? I love on a plane. Asleep. Do they do this on a corporate on a corporate flight? Do they have um, uh, cross check? Do they do cross check? No. Just before the plane takes off, they always say, uh, you know, something. Flight attendants, please do your cross check. Yeah, yeah, do cross check. Yeah, I, because they have more than one emergency door. We have the front. Is door, that what it is? Does it have to do with the emergency door? It does. I've never known what it is. I just so look forward to it on so every when flight. So they cross-check, it's like the the flight attendants are checking each other's work to make certain that it's just double-checked. That's oh, basically To check that they double close check. the doors and exactly. stuff. Cross, cross-check. <clears throat> right. Oh, okay. Oh. So now you know what it is. It kind of demystifies it a little yeah, bit, doesn't it? Yeah, cross-check, yeah. Not as fun as it was. Yeah. I was yeah. on a flight one time with, um, oh, I'm not going to remember her name now. Oh, okay. She was in that movie that I didn't like about the two women, and it was... Who's the nutty lady that was a supporter of, uh, she's a, a supporter of Bernie Sanders, who I really love, but she's a little bit nutty and she has the ping pong clubs. We are going to have to hunt down the name of a movie that it's going to turn out neither neither of us have seen. This is where we're going with this. Oh. Are you talking about Susan Sarandon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who didn't know that? All right. But what, what movie are we trying to get at? Gina Davis. That's who I was trying. I saw him on a plane one time, and Gina Davis was sitting beside me, and I kept trying to engage her in conversation. Yeah. And she kept ignoring me. And finally, I turned to her and said, "What are you going to do during cross check?" Did you really? Yeah. What did she say? She um, had a newspaper, and she kind of held it up over her face. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I probably would have too. <laughs> um, now let's get to the lifestyle because I, when Paula becomes a flight attendant, it's going to kind of change the way she lives her life, isn't it? I don't know how she lives her life now. So. She's not a flight attendant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but it, it is kind of a kind of a unique career, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It's it's not a it's not a job. It's like truly a lifestyle. It really becomes addictive. Um, addictive, and people, very much so. In what way? In, in the sense that, like, you travel for a living and you get to see all these amazing places, and basically everything is paid for. Your hotel's paid for. You get paid really well. There's a per diem on top of that. Wow. Hotels so are paid for. So you're not just sitting in the plane Rental waiting cars to are go paid again. For. No, everything's kind of paid for. So it's wow. Like, well, that would be addictive. It's like, you know, getting paid to go on vacation most times. Well, that not sounds always. great. So, but you don't have to you don't have to serve again until you're back on the airplane, right? Exactly. So the rest of the time you're just kicked back. Uh, exactly. You're just practicing your safety speech. You don't even see the clients after you land, right? Or or do you don't go to their hotels and party with them? No, or pretty much the crew. We as crew members don't want to stay in the same hotel as our clients. I hear. So. You. No, I wouldn't either. <laughs> we don't want to run into them at the bar, or the pool, or the beach, or whatever. So I hear you. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Is there a lot of heavy partying on? these planes sometimes with the passengers it really just depends upon what you know, mean who you they are she means rock bands uh are, is it well, just a non-stop orgy of drugs and <laughs> and streamers listen and back in the back and, in the late 80s and the and the 90s yeah it was you know a lot more oh so it's changed uh, it has changed it's kind of cyclical because like in the right. 80s and the 90s there was a lot of heavy drinking and partying and 
all kinds of extracurricular things going right. on You're, on a private jet. Were the people okay. like snorting now, coke off their tray table? Absolutely. Or off their Whoa. partners? Absolutely. Or off their what? Partners. Yeah, off of, yeah, other people's body parts and stuff. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. Is that awkward as a as, as somebody who's not? Listen, you honestly, I've been doing this for so long, I'm desensitized. It's like I nothing can surprise want. me. Okay. Yeah. It's like, you know, hey. So guys your... doing a line of cocaine like off a woman's breast, and you just walk by and go, more nuts? <laughs> <laughs> Means nothing to you. No, uh, nothing to me. But, you say, but it's changed. It has, so it's funny Less because coke those being rockers, done off of people now. yeah, well, those rockers, it's funny because now in the, like, 2000s, they all became healthy, and now, like, when they, if they're still touring, now they're drinking, like, wheatgrass yeah. shots, and they're, you know, meditating in the yeah. corner. They have, like, AA meetings at, at, at 20,000 feet. <laughs> yeah. well, we fly at 42,000 feet. Oh. Commercially, they fly around 36,000, but we so fly at 42. Up, oh, is that like a um, symbolic? Like you're above? No, it's just... It's, <laughs> <laughs> we can that would go, be awfully petty, wouldn't it? Yeah, we, well, no, it strikes me as something a rich person would do. Yeah. You know, I want to fly above the other people. Yeah. 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 Well, we can go all the way up to about 52,000 feet. So we can get out of a lot of the bad weather. Wow. So we can actually see like thunderstorms and yeah. all this The shit the little people have stuff. to put up with. The stuff that you experience yeah. commercially where yeah. you're bouncing around at 36,000 yeah. feet. Okay, we just so go above. Love people it. don't even have turbulence. No. Oh, that's just the worst. Fuck no. the rich people. <laughs> the rich people. <laughs> so you're like way up there with like Warren Buffett. Smooth as silk. Smooth yeah. sailing. Absolutely. Yeah. He's, in the like, air. he's putting together a model airplane with glue and stuff. Right. Because it doesn't, there's not even any bouncing at and, all. And, and, and the ventilation systems are nice and subtle, too. The what? Right? what are the they ventilation called? system. The gaspers. Yeah, the gaspers. Right. It's not going to blow your cocaine away. No. Like if you tried to do cocaine on commercial. You know, the, the, the person in the seats next to you, air vent, is likely to blow that entire pile into the next aisle. Yeah, happened yeah. to me once. Yeah, right? Yeah. But no, on, those, on the, 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 the nice state-of-the-art Gaspers you got on your, Unbelievable. On your corporate yeah. jets. Nice. So there are rich people doing coke off the windshield of the plane at 50,000 feet. Because it's that, that calm. Because you can. Now, you've been the flight attendant for a Stanley Cup winning hockey team and for many NBA teams, right? Absolutely. Okay. Veda, wait a minute. The NBA teams don't fly commercially? No. For years. Every time I get into an airplane and my knees, you know, I'm stiff and I ache and I think, oh, the poor NBA players. That's what I think every single time. Wow. And it turns out they were 20,000 feet above me, comfortable (laughs) as could be. (laughs) Yes. Literally. My whole career, I felt bad for the Building houses out of popsicle sticks. Yeah. Without glue. Without, yeah. Yeah. Just making a house of cards without anything. Wow. (laughs) So have you ever um, been the flight attendant for an NBA team? I have, yeah, yeah several NBA teams, and then uh, several um, NHL teams, pro hockey teams. I worked many years with the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, I love that team, and now uh, is that I was your favorite? Like, if you're flying to a desert island with one team, a basketball team, a hockey team, who would it be? Um, you know, I have to say Carolina because I worked with them. the The whole organization, they're amazing. Is that a hockey team? It is a hockey team. They're out of uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. <clears throat> yes. We're getting some sweet Caroline. They're uh, they're an amazing organization so with a 
bunch of really great people. So. And don't they have no teeth, right? Because of hockey, <laughs> they don't have no teeth. They so just have a... are you mostly serving like Mush. puddings and things? <laughs> no, they have full course meals for sure. Do they? they but they do you put them in like teeth. a blender, or do you them? cut it for them? Listen, you wouldn't notice. I mean, sometimes I've had them where they've taken out their teeth. Yeah. And that's interesting. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, How yeah. About, what basketball teams have you flown with? I'm a big basketball fan, so I'm, oh, I'm loving this. Uh, so I actually started uh, my whole career with the Atlanta Hawks oh, way wow. back in the day when Doc wow. Rivers was when still Doc Ri- there. Yeah. Doc Rivers yeah. was a player there. Wow. Yeah. I work with the Minnesota Timberwolves. I've I've worked back with in the, the like Kevin Garnett days. Yeah, absolutely. So you flew with KG. Yeah, of course. Oh, I want to talk to you all night. I want to hear course. all about it. Of course, yeah. yeah. Well, how much, could have, uh, how much could have gone on on the flight? How much could have gone on on the flight? Did you? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Just by your face, it sounds like so. Basketball teams get a little wilder than uh, hockey teams. <laughs> No, I got to say, honestly, they were all lovely. They were all okay. very, Oh, no, you hesitated. No, when you, when no you, there was an foul. There was a foul on the plane. I could tell. professional. Somebody, mm. somebody got all up in your face with their ball. That's what I think <laughs> happened. <laughs> well, Latrell Sprewell. That's what? all I can say. Latrell Sprewell. <laughs> well, he had a temper. He was kicked But he off. was lovely to the flight attendants. Oh, but he, oh. But he but, got in a fight with... Uh, on the plane with some of his but uh, no, colleagues. But no, he beat the shit out of the PIC. He might. Well, <laughs> you know, Latrell, and I, I as a Nick fan, I, I love Latrell Sprewell, and he finished his career on the Minnesota Timberwolves, but he was famously um, removed from his, the team he was on for choking the coach. Okay, but that could have been an accident. No, no, no. he left the uh, the gym and then came back in and choked. That was Gundy, right? Uh, he, no, it's DJ he... Carlissimo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow, we've gone to a place that you don't care about at all, Paula. No, I think um, no. There's a rule about that in the um, NBA handbook about choking the coach. Yeah, usually the ref has a yeah hand gesture. Yeah, he'll do. They'll choking say the coach. like yeah, this, yeah. this was in a practice. Apparently, they'll say so. uh, they'll say penalty, choking the coach. Okay, we're, I'm understanding that you don't watch basketball. No, I do, but I've just never seen a coach choked. And oh. I couldn't support it if I did. Okay. So did you talk to him about the coach choking when you were on the plane with him? With Latrell, no. No, you didn't no. bring that up. But that was years no. later. And he was busy choking another player, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you talk, like, around him about it? Did you say, like, uh, uh membre the Oching K... Or, like, every time you walked by him, did you go, like... <laughs> I think that would be unprofessional. That would be somewhat unprofessional. <laughs> Clearly, I'm going to have to ask, when we stop recording, we're going to have to ask you what Latrell did. But Latrell, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, he's known as CC, uh, Coach Choker. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's how they refer to did him. Did anybody ever say in this, in this sports story, did anybody ever say what the coach did? Yeah, he was apparently really mean. Okay, well, there. All right, yeah. guy had it coming. Yeah, probably. Guy had a little choking coming. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, <laughs> all right, what else does Paula need to do? You, I mean, just my sense of Paula is If that you were trained, how long is the training, by the way? Because you have a school for this, right? I do. I do. The training itself is just one week. You can have a whole new career as a flight attendant on private jets in one week. Wow. But can she? What's day one? 
Day one is, first of all, we start off with the terminology, which takes I up three quarters. I think I already got that, Jasper. <laughs> Jasper. Uh, there's the a lot one? more to it, but oh, we do is? start off with that, oh. yes. And then we, well, there's a lot of hands-on training because we get inside a private jet and we really go through and simulate different scenarios. Plus like we do somebody, a lot of... Somebody <clears throat> hurling or something? <laughs> Safety okay. training. Like so we deal with... <laughs> We deal with like the emergency exit doors. We deal with the cargo door. We deal with the over wing. Uh, you um, deal with exits. the cargo door. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. All right. So you say stuff like shut that one. Shut last guy in. Shut that behind you. <laughs> <laughs> is there like a the, is the test like a, uh, the things like in a row? Shut the door. Rich guys hurling. So, <laughs> so people have to like quickly move from one thing to another. Get the moist outlet. Get the moist outlet. <laughs> Is that what the test is like? Do no, you the hand test is nothing <laughs> like that. Do you hand out the hot towels? Oh, because I always hate the hot towels on the air. I always say no to the hot towels because it's what it's hot a, towels on the regular airplanes. Um, uh, they'll give out hot towels sometimes. But what it is? Where is these little? Oh, you're, when you're sitting in your first class seats, Paula Pound. No, stuff. they do in the back too. It, no, they don't. Yes, they do. No, they don't. Yes, they do. Nobody believes no. you. It's, okay, it's a rolled up. <laughs> it's a rolled up washcloth on a tray. Oh, I see. That what, they I, then pour like smelly stuff. I over. see what's happening here. You're confusing an air plane with a sushi restaurant. No, no, I don't think so. That sounds so. like what's happening. Oh, wait. There is not a single commercial airline that, that in coach hands out. I do remember the PIC saying, Arioto. You might yeah. be right. Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't actually get be... anywhere, but you had delicious raw fish. Oh, my God. I feel like an idiot. All right. So based on what you've observed of Paula Poundstone, very talkative person, kind of a type A personality... Um, what does that mean? What's type A? Uh, you're kind of you're kind of forceful in your quick, personality. Quick learner and quick learner. Um, I got PIC. Easily like that. distracted. Yeah. Do you think <laughs> oh, what kind of future do you think Paula has in in uh, corporate aviation? Honestly, I think she has the right personality. Really? There you go. Yeah. Thank wow. you very Absolutely. much. Okay. Yeah. We could train yeah. her. You of could? course. We could train yeah. her in a week and put her up in the air. Wow. I, I I do have some memory problems. So there could be a point at which <laughs> we're at 50,000 feet and someone goes, you know, there's a gust of wind. <laughs> my, Why is my it bad. so windy in here? My bad. I'll get the door. All right, Jesus. Gotta, yeah, that's the kind yeah. of thing you'd have to learn. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. You just got to have a good partner for cross-check. But you don't. You're do the only check. flight attendant on. Oh, you're the only you're one. The only That's why you don't do a cross check. Oh yeah. my she god! She just explained that yeah. to you. Mayday! Mayday! We're going down. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you yell mayday. So either. what if you what if you crashed and nobody got hurt? Right, you crashed, but you were on a remote island somewhere that's I like not, the, and you had to live with the rich people. <laughs> like what if you were on like scheduled for like some plane that was just going on a three hour tour is what Paula is right, saying right exactly and it crashed with a millionaire and his wife and you would you okay be honest if the plane went down but nobody got hurt I don't want carnage the plane went down but you're with all these rich people right and it's gone to an uncharted island where nobody is a deserted island a desert and, island and you have to now you guys have to live there and you can't get off you would stop serving them, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Kimberlyn, for giving us a mile-high look at this job. Paula, you've heard from an expert. What have you learned about being a corporate flight attendant, and could you do that job? Uh, Alexi, if you could give me a little 
background music while I explain my potential new career. <laughs> As a corporate flight attendant, I'd have to know terms like gasper because there's not enough time to say vent. I'd have to know to call the pilot, the PIC, which stands for pilot in command, and how to break up fights between him and the PNIC, the pilot not in command. Sometimes you have to be like a mom. Don't make me come in there. I'd be in charge of the safety and comfort of rich people, way up high, above the weather, and above the regular people. I could spit out the window and give the regular people more weather. <laughs> in the 80s, I would have had to pretend I didn't see people snorting cocaine off the emergency instructions. Now I'd have to pretend I didn't see people snorting brown rice. Once I flew with my client to their destination, I might stay in a fancy place just vacationing for like five days or until they're ready to fly back. But here's the thing. I have 14 cats, and they're not going to sift their own litter boxes until the rich people are ready to go home. So, where are you going to be appearing next, Paula? On February 15th, I'll be in Mesa, Arizona at the Mesa Art Center. And on February 22nd, I'll be in Atlanta, Georgia at the Buckhead Theater. And you can find all my tour dates at paulapoundstone.com. And Kimber I'll be flying commercial. <laughs> Kimberlyn <laughs> Allen is president and founder of Jet Set Aviation Professionals. Thank you so much for being on the show, Kimberlyn. Thank you, house band Alexei Chevlok. Oh, my God. I'm so glad we had you back. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. We'll be back right after this. Not all heroes wear capes. Some heroes watch war movies and then review them. Friendly Fire is a war movie podcast for people who don't necessarily like war movies, although it does not exclude people who love war movies. I'll have you know that I am wearing a cape. My cape is just made of sound-deadening material from an audio recording studio. <laughs> it's a really great show. John's daughter doesn't like it because we sometimes say swear words on it, but almost everybody else that has ever listened to it has enjoyed the, the program. Download and subscribe to Friendly Fire wherever you get your podcasts. To the victor, go the spoiler alerts. I listen to reading glasses because Bria and Mallory have great tips. If you're a comics reader and you want to use a library-connected app, you can try out Hoopla. I listen for the author interviews. I'm mad at myself that I waited as long as I did to start reading Joan Didion. They give me reading advice I didn't even know I needed. If you go in person to an event and go up to an author or a filmmaker or anybody and tell them what they you don't like about their work, you're a trash baby. I, look, I understand you didn't like Heroes Season 3. That's fine. I, like, <laughs> I don't actually need to know that information. I'm Brea Grant. And I'm Mallory O'Mara. We're Reading Glasses and we solve all your bookish problems every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Hey, let me know what life is like on Jupiter, but also Mars. In other words, hey, Paula Poundstone, we're back. Um, and uh, I understand that your book is out in paperback. Yeah, it sure is. It's a soft cover. Yeah. 
And it's called The Search for... Um, it's called The Totally Unscientific Study of the Search for Human Happiness. It's a catchy title. And I'm glad. I think you could pick it up at your local bookseller or even on Amazon.com, right? Yeah. And you, you recorded an audio book of said book. I did. So if a soft cover is still not soft enough for you... You can get the audio version of the The software book. version. You can order it a couple of different ways. You can go to my website and yeah. find it. Well, as long as we're doing promotional things, um, we don't know if you listeners are aware of this, but in podcast land, but we are listener supported. There's a big pledge drive coming up for Maximum Fun that allows you to donate directly to our show. And listen to this. This is really exciting. I love this. With every donation you give, we will send you a specially designed, limited edition, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone pin. Limited edition. It's a limited edition because how many of these are we supposed to make? <laughs> um, it is gonna. It's clever. It'll be themed for the show. You will love it. It's our way of saying thank you without spending a whole lot of money. Because really, if we spent the money you just donated on expensive thank you gifts, it would. Right. What's the point? Yeah. What's the point? Exactly. Zero. It's sum. not like you're gonna donate and we're gonna take you up in a corporate jet. That doesn't make any sense. No. No. Then we'd be losing money on the ledge drive. Yeah. We'd be losing money making a podcast. What? <laughs> right. <laughs> As opposed to the sweet, sweet bucks that you and I are raking in on a weekly basis. Yeah. You know, there's another way to support the show, though, isn't there, Paula? There is another way you can support the show, um, which is to buy one of our T-shirts. Our exclusive Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone quote T-shirt is only available at MaxFunStore.com. MaxFunStore.com is a great place to get it. It's a great shirt. I own one. That's a shirt where on the back there's an actual piece of Poundstonian advice, which is never take your kid to an orthodontist who is sending his kid to college or putting on a deck. That is brilliant advice. It's brilliant advice. It's not particularly uh, universal. What do you mean? Well, it requires that you are a parent with uh, a kid with crooked teeth. Uh, you of take a your age. kid to an orthodontist and, and your kid's teeth will be crooked. Really? They'll tell you they are. So the yeah, advice should absolutely. be never take your kid to an orthodontist. Yeah. We really can just shorten that up. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll mind editing yeah. you a little bit. No, if you go to a regular pediatric dentist who's friends with a pediatric orthodontist. And they all are. Next thing you know, your kid's got, you know, your, your, your kid's teeth are like a goddamn swinging gate. I hear you. That'll yeah. happen. Hey, if you want to submit a theme song, and Paula, you don't need to listen to this because you're right here. You could bring a theme song in yourself. But if you out there want to submit a theme song or if you need advice or if you spotted Thomas Coyne, email us at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And you can follow me and or Paula on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And let me just say, here's an idea that I have. You have an if idea? every listener tells a friend about nobody listens to Paula Poundstone, we can have 10 more listeners in no time. Yeah. So here's some simple, simple dialogue. Listener's friend. Hey, I can see the bottom of your laundry basket. Listener. I've been listening to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone while I do laundry. It's so much fun. I've also started a fluff and fold. Well, that was worth it. All right, everybody, that's our show. <laughs> it's time to fly away into the purple skies of the great good evening here on Miranda Street. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. It's hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Technical direction by Ray Horseman. Special thanks to tonight's house band, the returning champion, Alexi Chevaluk. And thanks again to our guests, Bruce Robertson and Kimberlyn Allen. Tonight's security 
security muscle was once again provided by Tony Anita Hulkster. Transcription services for this show provided by Transcribe Me. For your special Paula Poundstone discount, use the code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>